Welcome back to the Building Better People podcast. This is your host, Charlie Lima. I am doing something a little different this week and uh, next week. I'm going to be sharing with you guys on this podcast a couple of our episodes from BoomFit Bros. Uh, Gus and I are doing on YouTube, on our BoomFit YouTube channel, we're doing a series. It's called BoomFit Bros. And what we're trying to do is provide you with information and the right information to help you with your health and fitness goals. We are talking a lot about nutrition right now. We're talking a lot about specifically weight loss and losing body fat. So if that's something that you're interested in learning more about, you should go to YouTube and check out our BoomFit channel and specifically in BoomFit Bros. So today I'm gonna be sharing with you episode four. If you haven't checked it out, go look at it. I'll include a few links, but this is episode four of BoomFit Bros. Enjoy. Hi, welcome back to BoomFit Bros episode four. Four. We've been at this four weeks. Five, because we offset one, I think. We've been at it five, you've been at it four. Yes. And hopefully you've been tuning back in. Hopefully. <laughs> I have seen our subscriber rating going up, so that's nice. Continue yeah. doing that. Um, but uh, I don't think my mom is the only one watching now. So no, we have quite a few, fantastic. actually. So yeah, it's, it, it's exciting. And we've actually had some people say, hey, you know, that was actually good. To which I responded, really? I was happy with it. Gus is he, he shines on camera, so I don't know if that's true or not. <laughs> okay, so last week, a little bit of a recap. We talked about some actual practical tips that you can do to lose body fat. Yeah. Now, we're gonna rehash those, but I want to emphasize we're gonna do three more today that are a little bit more advanced. And by a little bit more I mean substantially more advanced. However, and you'll hear me repeat this later, just because they're more advanced does not mean that they are better. And, and you know, I, I think that this rule applies to a lot of things because sometimes we feel, you know, even in CrossFit, people want to rush to some of the more technical things, but sometimes you just need to focus on your air squat. Yep. You know, because if, if your air squat isn't right, then how are you going to do an, a, a squat clean or a snatch or an overhead squat? And so it's just yeah. the yeah. fundamentals, the basics, oftentimes can be the most impactful. So by far, yeah. Now remember that to lose body fat, you have to decrease the amount that you eat. That's really pretty much it. Okay, you still want to make sure that you're not losing muscle as much as possible. And again, like. For all you ladies out there, the guys are like, yeah, and then all the ladies are probably like, no, because they don't want to be bulky. You're not going to be bulky unless you're juicing, and by that I mean steroids. Like, as long as you're not taking testosterone supplements or like, you know, putting a needle in your arm, you're fine. You will not get bulky. You don't have the hormones for it. Yeah, and and when you see people, maybe at, you know, on the CrossFit Games, it doesn't necessarily mean they are doing steroids. They're working out for. Six hours All day. a day. All day. They're doing incredibly more and, volume than you will ever. And probably eating more than me and Charlie combined. Correct. Per girl. Yeah. Okay. So like, yes, if you work out six plus hours a day and eat more than two fully grown adult males, well, one and a half, uh, yeah. <laughs> fully grown adult males, then <laughs> I'm short. Uh, you're fine. 
Like, you're not going to get bulky. You're going to get exactly what you want, which is tone defined. Like, you'll look exactly the way you want. And by just to define tone, the skin stretching over the muscle. That's tone. Okay? So when you're saying, like, oh, I don't want muscle. Yes, you do. Because you want the skin to stretch over that muscle because that's that tone look that you, like, admire in that's the person every, you're looking at. Every woman that I think has come into our gym at some point or another, that's what they want. They want yeah, to they're... look toned. Nobody wants to, like, nobody care. Like, here's the big truth. Nobody cares about the scale, all right? For some reason you think you do, I promise you you don't. What you care about is a way that you look. You have a certain idea of a way that you want to look. That's what you care about. It's not the scale. It's not any kind of measurement. It's just like, do I look good? So, ladies, like, you could be 300 pounds and look the way you want, and I'll bet you you're fine. Yeah, it's not the number. Like, it's not yeah. the number. Now, you're not going to be 300 pounds Unless you're like an Amazon woman, like so, which I've seen, but it's rare. Okay, so but just to get it through your head, the way that you want to look is not based on the scale; it's based on the way you want to look, and that yeah. is tone, which is muscle, yeah. which is what you want to keep. And in order to do that, you have to eat a certain way, but still lose body fat by eating another certain way, which is not eating so much. And and now I want to I want to emphasize there's some psychology to that because. You, in your mind, have probably been thinking about a certain number that you want to get back to. You know, maybe at some yes. point in your life, you were this. Or maybe before you had children, you were this. You will never be that person again. Well, and therefore... And that's, not, that's not to say you can't go back to the way you want to look. I'm just saying, like, physically, you will never... He and I will never be the person we were in high school. Thank God. <laughs> but, like... It's just you've you've grown. You have a different hormonal profile. That's not to say that you're not going to look good or better than you did back then. But stop trying to hit that number on the scale because you were in your teens. You had a whole bunch of hormones going that aren't going to ever happen again if you're over your teenage years. If you're in your teenage years, then, well, don't listen to this. <laughs> well, and the psychology behind that is that now you have defined success by that number and, therefore, anything – that is not that number in your mind is not success so what you need to do is redefine success so psychologically speaking you can actually get to where you need to be because if you are and I'll throw a number out there let's say you want to be 135 pounds well what if I were to tell you that yes at 135 pounds you would be 28% body fat but what if at 150 pounds you would be 18% body fat. And look a lot better. Look great. Feel amazing. Now, because, again, psychologically, you want to be 135, you could actually be 150 in a much better, healthier way and not be satisfied because you're defining success by 135 pounds. And women are not the only one that do this. No, we, you know, we can do the same conversation as guys. Yeah. I've, heard, I've had the same conversation with guys. It's not as often... But I do have that conversation yeah. with guys. And I really, I think the only reason it's not as often is because guys are too prideful to admit that, hey, I want to look toned. No, life. yeah, I'll put it out there. Like, men are equally as insecure in their body image as women. Maybe um, even more so, I would argue. Yeah, no, they, they are. So, yes, we're not just talking to the women out there, but men too. So, psychologically speaking, just really understand what your definition of success is. And that's going to determine your mindset, and as we're talking about some of the things we're, we're talking about. Absolutely. So if you haven't looked at the last episode, go back and look at what the fundamentals can do for you. Because I guarantee, and I'm going to say it again and again and again, 
the tips that we gave last week, if you follow them, you will get results, okay? Possibly even better results than the ones we share with you today. The ones that we share with you today are the ones that actually get a lot more media and a lot more attention and are like deemed like the cool thing to do. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that they work better. It just like, this is just a more, the things that we'll share with you today are just more advanced ways to get the same thing. So if I'm personally watching this and listening to it, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do the easy stuff because I'm lazy. Mm. Like, just, I don't, yeah. I don't want to do things that I don't have to do. Like I just, just because, just so I can say that I did it. I want the result, you know? And so yeah. if you have not gone back, watched that episode and actually tried those things consistently, for a good while, pause it and do that now. And subscribe. And subscribe. Because <laughs> we all want subscribes. Okay. But let's go ahead and get into it. Deal. Okay? So slightly harder tips than last week is I think I'll probably title this episode that. I don't know. Yeah. Yet, we'll, we'll see. So um, again, don't watch this until you actually try I mean you can watch it subscribe Um, (laughs) but go watch the other one and actually do this so this the first one I actually want him to go a little bit more into detail on because that's actually probably this is my jam this is okay okay so when people think Charlie Lima like (laughs) this is how that boy Lima turned into train with Charlie Okay, it, it, that's an inside joke. It, but. It, and I will do my very best to not be long-winded. <laughs> so, <laughs> this was going to be a 25-minute episode, but we just but, turned it into 40. So, so this first topic, this first uh, area is food journaling. And when I think back to when I started personal training, we used to, and so this was in 2003, where before the iPhone even came out before there was apps. I think the iPhone came out in 2007? Maybe somewhere around there. Uh, Yeah, I think you're right. Towards Um, the end of high school for me. And so we actually used a disk, a software, and some of you guys remember doing this, where you actually download a software. a floppy disk. Yeah, well, it was a disk. It was actually a disk. It wasn't the... CD. No, it wasn't the old school, like, floppy disk. This was a CD. (laughs) And you downloaded this software onto your computer, and it was called Lifeforms. And the Lifeforms was basically this, it was like a MyFitnessPal, but it you would type in anything that you ate and it would tell you how many calories, how many grams of protein, how many grams of carbohydrate it had. Almost and, like an Excel spreadsheet, but like. Yeah, but it was, a, and it was a really cool software. And then it had a, you know, a, a circle that would be a pie shape. A pie that, chart. That pie chart that you could tell, it could say, okay, this is where you're. Not a pie. <laughs> this is where your percentages were on your fats, carbs, and proteins for the day. And so what I would do as a personal trainer, and I I learned this from my mentor because he was doing this with his clients, is you send them home with the disc, you have them do three days of food journaling, they print their report, and they come back in and we study those three days. Because like we said last week, there's what people think they should do, and then there's what they actually do. So most of you, I love you, but... But, but you're not doing what you think you were doing. Doing what you hope to do. You're doing your version of life, which is random. You know, it is just a, you know, so one of the things that I would, I would identify early on after they did three days is, you know, I, just like we do today, is we take you step by step, right, in the direction that we want to go. But if, if food journaling alone helped reveal some weaknesses, yep. you know, for example, 
missing breakfast. Who'd have thought 15 years later that was what everybody thought you should do? And we'll talk about that later. That's another one. <laughs> you know, but you know, missing breakfast. Uh, another one would be snacking that they shouldn't have been doing that happened to pop up around the same time. Or if they are snacking more than they think they are. Correct. Or yeah. you just yeah. And, and you know, I, th- I feel one of the, the biggest things it revealed was a very inconsistent daily intake. So an example would be if you're looking at a graph, you know, on Monday they would have 800 calories and then on Tuesday they would have 2,700 calories and then on Wednesday they would eat 1,300 calories. So it's just really inconsistent. And then what I would do is typically prescribe, hey, we need to continue to do this for a little bit longer and having people bring in their their journals, right? Their food journals. So now with my fitness pal, it is so much easier. I was about to say, like, keep in mind. <laughs> oh, okay. Keep in mind, again, I want to reemphasize the before iPhone era. So, like, for people who say things like, oh, tracking's too hard, hmm. it was worse. And before before that, guess what? It was good old journal. Head and paper, guys. Like, yeah. you had to go and, like... Go into an old school textbook, look up the calories, write those down per food, and then add them up, and then you figure it out. You do these little math equations to break down the food, so like it could be worse. Yeah, like when people say, "Oh, it's too hard," it's it. Yeah, maybe in regards to your context of what is today, but I guarantee you, people have done this in much harder circumstances. So just kind of keep that in the back of your head. Yep. And so you know, one of the things I was going to say. This is a, a true story kind of humorous. So I was, in 2003, I was a junior in college. This was probably about a year after I started doing this. But I, I mean, for three years, I kid you not, I tracked my food every single day. He's, uh, not, he's not lying either. That, <laughs> so. That's where I feel I got educated on how many calories and grams of fat, carbs, and proteins are in various foods. Um, and, you know, I would, I would find out that when I would go eat something that typically wasn't in my software, I had to add it. So I would have to... F- physically grab a food label or find a food label, bring it home, make sure that I typed in the accurate. Take it to your desktop because they still don't have smartphones. Yeah. Type it into the desktop. And uh, But my college roommates, you know, who probably are, have the alien dial tone that you had to get on like... <laughs> on the Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah, on so my college Read roommates while you're thought it would be hilarious, you know, somewhere in my senior year to go into my room Get on, and this is the only reason I had a computer, by the way, because I didn't do any schoolwork on this computer. It was strictly, <laughs> I didn't have a computer until my senior year of college, so I could food journal. And I, uh, this is just telling you how different things were back then. Or how different Charlie is. <laughs> <laughs> so they thought it would be hilarious to go in my room, type in all these unhealthy foods into my food journal just to make my charts go off. And, and it's they, pretty funny. Actually. They thought it was hilarious. I think it's hilarious. I went and deleted every single one of those things. <laughs> Side tangent. <laughs> anyway, um, the food journaling, what it did for me, and if I can elaborate on, and Gus will talk a little about it, about it too. And I still revert back to this when I feel that I need to kind of expose some of my current weaknesses. An example, today in 2019, you know, I love cashews. I mean, I absolutely love cashews, nuts, almonds, you know, pretty much anything, peanut butter. Well, I can tell that kind of when I'm getting off is when I'm eating 
you know, just however many fit my hand and then going back to the pantry 15, 20 minutes and getting another handful. And then next thing you know, I'd probably eaten two cups of cashews, which is 1,200 calories. A lot of freaking cashews. Yes. And so... And it's, I don't know that I can you know, eat two cups and of And so even... And I, I said this in previous episodes. I'm an overeater. So what food journaling does and what I notice when I am food journaling is I will go get the measuring cup, maybe a third of a cup, a half a cup, or a quarter cup. I'll get the measured amount and then that's what I eat. Why? Because I am accountable to having to put it into the app or the software or whatever it is that I'm journaling with. So the, it provides a level of accountability, much like what a budget does. You know, Dave Ramsey has a, food budget. a, a phenomenal uh, business in helping people with their finances. And one of the things in his seven baby steps towards financial freedom, the first step is to create a zeroed out budget. Make a budget. What that means is you're going to take the amount of income you make and every dollar has to go somewhere. And so you have to assign it specifically. And what that does is it exposes where you're spending your money. In the same way, food journaling is exposing. Now, if only you were only allowed a certain amount of calories per day, like you are financially speaking. And you know, the equivalent of credit card debt is what we're doing with our waistline and our obesity. Except you carry your Calorie debt yeah. around your waist and your hips. Yeah, and and so it's a little um, more, a little more there for everyone to see. But a budget will expose that, much like food journaling mm-hmm. will with your intake. Exactly. Yeah, and there's a lot of tangents I could go off on this. Uh, I'll start by saying the first thing, and I've said this before too. He is a little different in the fact. <laughs> I mean, you probably already gathered that that he journaled through three years straight. Did you miss a day? No, not at all. <laughs> I have never done that. Uh, I have food journaled before, but it was in. I have. I've, I've actually used pen and paper, uh, so it can be done. But the most that I've done it for is probably a month. Okay, so like two opposite ends of the spectrum here. Like I food journal for the same reasons he does, but he just keeps it like he's very good at finding something that works and just continue and just keeps doing it, which is by the way huge. So if you find something that works. Why would you switch? And that and that's what he did. Like he found like food journaling worked for C four every episode. <laughs> Why would you switch? I don't know. Like uh, sponsorship opportunities. Um, <laughs> so, but find some if something works, do like write it out until it doesn't. And that's exactly what he did. Mm-hmm. And he got into incredible shape because yeah. of it. And. That boy Lima was not in incredible shape when he started. Yeah, the nutrition okay. for me was the transformation. Right. Working out, I mean, it helped. But when I changed my nutrition is when I saw my abs. Going back to exactly. what we're doing right now. So, that's when you take somebody who is you know, working out five or six days a week, but I don't see my abs. And then I start really, really focusing. And that happened in 90 days for me. I went from 16% body fat no abs to 4% body fat in 90 days and i saw a lot of abs i mean it was oh yeah 4% you're like yeah. popping like, yeah. but uh so it works like food journaling. now the thing about food journaling is also it's very tedious mm-hmm. but it could be worse okay. and i'm going to throw this out there 75% of you 3 out of 4 of you 
won't do it. Oh, I'd say more than that. Yeah, yeah like, I'm going to say this right now. That I'd say I, 8 out of 10. I, I, I would issue a challenge right now that everybody watching this episode do what Gus did in Food Journal for 30 days. It's hard. And I hope, I hope, I get proved, proven wrong that more than one out of four of you actually stick to it for 30 days. If you stick to it for 30 days, or even if you don't. Let us know. Blow up his Instagram. Yes. Train with Charlie. It's right there. Yeah. Is that how this works? Yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, please tell me. Tell him about Prove your experience. Prove me wrong. Or DM me. Direct message? Is that yeah. the term? Okay. Or me. Like, at Gus Warden. I want to know, too. I'll right here. Get... <laughs> Is it up there? Um, okay. So, a big thing I want to point out about food journaling that worked for me, though, was the fact that what it did was it just made me more aware. And just simply by the – I didn't change anything else. Just simply by the act of food journaling, I decreased my body fat percentage. Like, didn't change a single thing. Like, subconsciously, I don't know. I guess I was just more aware of it. And consciously, too. I was like, whoa, you know, that – chocolate cake was dense like yes maybe i'll just have a little bit less and then magic and it's your own desire to not face the number to be honest with you like you're like man i'm not gonna eat that i gotta face that and and people will claim like eating disorder or what i like okay like consult your doctor we have to Mm. say that for sure but of the same token like i don't think food journaling is an eating disorder here's the thing any diet is gonna like if you're sitting there looking at well that's too uh you know that's too strict like that's too restrictive all diets are restrictive like that's how you lose weight you Mm -hmm. have you have to restrict yourself you're like so don't tell me that it's restrictive of course it is i know that that's why you get results food journaling is where it's at try it okay yeah give it a go for 30 give it a go for a week yeah one week you will see results i promise you but again he's right I would say 8 out of 10 people probably won't even do it for 7 days straight. Consistently and tracking every single thing that they eat. Like, just tracking your dinner doesn't count. Or just tracking the things Everything. that you want to put Everything in. Everything you Every take. single... Drinks. Yep. C4s. Yep. All of it. Okay? So, make sure... <laughs> this is funny. This is going to go on for a little bit. I wonder if this is still recording. But, I'm going to act like it is. <laughs> just so, keep going with um, it. Or the maybe next pause thing. during this and then we'll uh, cut it out. You think we can edit this? Yeah, I'm sure she can. Okay, edit please. Yeah, Aaron, <laughs> when you're watching this, we're receiving a phone call on the phone oh, the that we're filming phone. with. All okay. right, we're back. Oh, I don't even know if it is it still recording. Oh no, it stopped. I think Hold it on. did. I think we can splice them together. Okay, cool. Okay. Sweet. I don't know how you can... I'm sure there's a way... You just send her both video clips and splice them together. Yeah, no, I'm just saying uh, to to not get calls while we record. Okay. Do not disturb. Okay. I think. I don't know. Go ahead. Okay. So, splice. (laughs) We're back. Okay, number two, intermittent fasting. Okay, this one's gotten a lot of hype. And I just want to say this before we go into this. Um, it's it's just a I don't want to say it's a new thing, but it's it's getting a lot of attention because it's a new thing. Meaning, Nothing's new. Yeah, meaning like nothing is new. Yeah, it, it's it's not it's not this brand new. I mean, people have been doing this for a long time. It's just the new thing that got 
probably some social media yep. and some book writing and marketing. You can phrase this in other ways too, like carb backloading or delayed mm-hmm. eating or like yeah, fat, like there's intermittent fat. All of these are like the same name for pretty much like or different names for pretty much the same thing. But nonetheless, intermittent fasting is pretty much just not eating for a certain period of time. Okay, and again, disclaimer, before you try any of these things, talk to your doctor. Have to say that, all right? So, I, have you ever done intermittent I fasting? I did, so I'll give it, can I give it a yeah, quick? do it, real quick. <laughs> quick. <laughs> 20 anyway. minutes later. No, last year, um, I had a client who was doing it, and he kind of really was exploring into the keto, and part of that was a little bit of intermittent fasting. Keto was around 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I wanted I to become a little bit more educated about it. So I asked, you know, what's the best book that I can read to help understand this whole whatever this was that was getting a lot of attention. And so I read The Bulletproof Diet. And you remember this. because read that. Yep. You, I think Brittany read it or maybe you read she it. Mm-hmm. And, and then I actually did that diet, which The Bulletproof Diet, he just did a phenomenal job of branding his Intermittent fasting. His name, yeah. He was, but it was the keto diet, and, keto. and, and yeah. he he incorporated intermittent fasting. And so for me, um, this was probably spring of last year. Probably started right around the open, so March time, February, March, and I did it for about three months. And I, I mean, it was bulletproof coffee in the morning, so no food. I did have a protein shake because that's, that's the butter coffee, by the way. Right. So it's basically increasing, and then. Right only ate during a six hour window. And for me, um, I, I was glad I did it because it helped me to learn and experience what it was and, and help better educate me so that I can help other people and answer questions on it based on not just the science, yep. but you know I work out six days a week in very high intense uh, way with CrossFit. And so, I needed to understand physically how that was going to affect my workouts, how it was going to affect my body composition, and you know, I came to a conclusion. And, and just so you know, I'm not doing that now. I did it for 90 days or three months, and guess what? I'm going back to food journaling. The exact yes, I, I'm going to exactly what I did That's 16 years ago that got me the results that I've basically kept my whole life or okay. my, this part of my life again going back to like just do what works for you guys I yes mean, like it's my my do what works for me is like eating single ingredient foods i hate counting stuff i really do and charlie loves it that's fine both are neither one of us are wrong yeah right if it works if both of us then we're both right yeah and i'll tell you why it didn't work for me because i was starving all day long <laughs> like to not eat for me for until just noon daddy's and, gotta eat oh i mean i have you know i have what i consider to be a pretty fast metabolism and for me i like eating meals every three hours you know putting something in my body every two three hours which the book or, or in the the diet completely talks against you know and they are proving their point and and all, all i think they're great they're helping a lot of people you know, but for me, that methodology did not work. It left me really hungry. Um, my body fat percentage went up, and I was following it pretty darn close. Um, 
it was a very restrictive amount of carbohydrates as far as the keto part, because I guess you could do intermittent fasting and not do keto. I did them both at the same time. I did. I did not. Yeah, but for me, the big the big reason I didn't like it was I was so hungry, and it was really unrealistic for me to not eat outside of this six hour window of time. I've done it too. Um, I actually still do it from time to time, uh, but not for the reason that. My- has nothing to do with body composition, honestly. I do it because, like, for some reason, if I don't eat breakfast in the morning by the two one to two o'clock time in the afternoon, you know that kind of sleepy time when you're like, I gotta take a nap. Mm-hmm. Well, like, it hits me hard if I eat something for breakfast for some. I don't know why. And so, like, I found that by just pushing back my breakfast a little bit, I can avoid that afternoon sleepiness. It has. Nothing to do with body composition for me. Now, I've done intermittent fasting to test out the body composition thing, and I really don't think it made much of a difference for me one way or another, so it's like, whatever. But I do know people who it's worked very well for. Well, and I tell you where where it helps a lot of people is it eliminates a large portion of their eating. Like, they're eating a lot less. Going back to what the point was an episode or two ago, eating less. And now you're not... You're, you're 18 hours of every 24-hour day you're not eating, which just eliminates or minimizes the amount of calories you're taking in. Of course, you're going to lose weight. Yeah, so again, all of these techniques center around one principle, which is eating less. It's just different ways to do that thing. And that's so, a pretty powerful statement because even food journaling. You eat less. Yeah, you're going to eat less. What I said earlier, when I'm not food journaling, I'm eating two cups of cashews. When I'm food journaling, I'm eating a quarter cup or a third a cup. Right. All it is is just ways to measure how much you're eating, guys, and control it. That's calories are the under like that is the principle for weight loss. Okay. So intermittent fasting is just another way to do that. Traditionally, you have 18 hours of night eating followed by six hours where you can eat that six hour window. And most people, they'll start at their eating window at like noon to 6 p.m. and then from 6 p.m. until noon the next day. No eating. Um, and if you're going to give it a go, you can do that from 2 p.m. to 8 p.m. You yeah, can, it doesn't have to be a six-hour right. window. Like, the whole purpose of the eating window is, again, just to crunch all your eating time into one period. And here's how there's, here's why this works for some people. When you have your first meal at noon, and let's say it's maybe slightly bigger than a normal meal for you. Most people it is. Well... You're not really hungry for a while because, like, think about if you ate lunch and then you don't eat again until dinner. You're not hungry in that period. Well, it's pretty much just knocking out the breakfast portion, so you eat less. Like, again, you're fighting off that's hunger. That's how it does. That's how it works. Yeah, all, all it is, again, you're essentially just kicking one meal to the curb, so you're eating less. And some of you, like, I know people that have no desire to eat breakfast. They, in other words, they could take it or leave it, and for them, eating is not this for me that's not the case like i am hungry from the second i get up all the way until i go to bed i'm not (laughs) and so some people like this might work for you like because and and we won't elaborate on this but there's there's proven to be some hormonal benefits yep or Uh, inflammation yes and i and i will say like when i do the intermittent fasting type thing i don't feel as achy in the joints as i normally do i think i don't know why I really don't. like, And most people who do the studies also don't know why. And if they say they do, they're probably lying to you. Like, But experiment again, experiment with what works for you. I do it from time to time because like, I don't like feeling super sleepy in the afternoon. And also, like, let's be honest, like, 
not eating breakfast is kind of convenient. It saves time, you know. Like it's just, so. Yeah. So, so so it depends on your appetite, your schedule. Right. You know, if you do try it out, you know, I, I think you give it enough time to show you if it works or not. In other words, give it at least thirty days of consistency because you can't say you tried intermittent fasting if you did it for three days. No, you don't really and, and know if it works. And that's a problem with a lot. That's a good point. Most people will do that. Like, oh, I tried everything. It doesn't work. Well, yeah, you tried everything for like a day. Like, I've, yeah. known, I've known people who have done keto, intermittent fasting, food journaling, all in the span of one week at different periods of time. Some that tried two, two different ways in one day. Like, and I would measure two things. I would measure body fat percentage because you want data, right? Yeah. So you want to know, okay, did, did this actually help me reduce body fat if I did it for a month? And another thing I would measure is how you feel. Yes. In other words, yeah, which it, is what I did. If it if 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 it's like for me, if it doesn't make me feel great when I work out, if it doesn't make me feel great throughout the day, get rid of it. If it doesn't make my well-being enhanced and improved, then I don't think I should do that long term. And to be honest with you, I won't do anything that I can't see myself doing long term. So for me, I would not just do intermittent fasting because I need to get whatever shape I need to get in for whatever thing I need to get in. No, I don't think I should do something just temporarily. It's like whatever I do, I want to be able to do every day for the rest of my life. Right. That, and that's a huge point. Okay. Last one, I think. Yep. Counting macros. I'm a big fan. I'm not. <laughs> Um, and I'm talking for me. I've actually, so if I say I'm not a big fan of something, I'm saying for me personally, I have actually used some of these things. Now, every single thing that I've gone over, I have personally tried. And when I say try, I mean for at least 30 days, usually more. And um, so that I know when I'm coaching someone, does this thing work? Because I don't like counting macronutrients, but some of my clients love it. Like, and they get really awesome results from it. And some of the best programs that we've run have actually been from counting macronutrients. And the same thing goes with intermittent fasting for me. Just because mm -hmm. I'm not a fan doesn't mean it's not a good... I've had like that client that I had saw amazing results doing it. And I know a lot of people that have. So just like Gus doesn't is not a fan of macro counting and I am or food drilling, it's the same thing goes for intermittent fasting because obviously my opinion was pretty strongly opposed to it. But that doesn't mean it doesn't work and it can't be good for you. And I do it from time to time. So again, like... All of these things that were like, both of us have tried all of these things, probably different variations of each one multiple times. Mm -hmm. uh, and we do that because we want to know so that when we're training people, we, they can reap the benefit. But counting macros is hard. Like it is not easy. It's essentially a more advanced form of food journaling. So keep that in mind. If you're like, if you think food journaling is hard, I guarantee you counting macros is not your jam. Like, and I, I, I don't know, maybe I'm a little weird. I like things that are hard. I just feel like it, like anything that's hard is worth doing because it requires a little bit of discipline and I, I, I embrace that. But I like the result from the, the things. The majority of the population does not no, have that yeah. and no desire to food journal no. or and, count macros. And here's a recurring theme. Most people won't tell you this stuff. They'll say like, oh yeah, like buy my program, it's the best thing you can do. They're like, no, it's not. If it's the best thing for you, then it's the best thing. Mm -hmm. But like, it doesn't mean it's the best thing, period. There is no best thing. The yeah. best thing is the best thing that works for you. Yeah. So like, keep that in mind. But 
what is counting macros? There's three different little groups that each food is, well, four, that each food is composed or made of, and that's protein, carbohydrates, fat, and alcohol. <laughs> Everybody's favorite. Okay, but we're going to ignore that one for now. Okay? It's a different podcast. Right? <laughs> so, we might actually do one on that. That'd be interesting. Got probably a lot of get stories. The, probably get. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're just going to focus on the protein, the carbohydrates, and the fat. So every single one of these three things are victimized somehow. Like there's usually one glorified one and one that's like the devil. So and it switches all throughout history. Mm-hmm. Just know that none of them are the devil, <laughs> and also yeah. none of them are the king. Like you need all three of them to live. By the yeah. way. So. Well. Arguably carbs, but again, complicated. Just assume you need it to live. Yeah, and and, and I've found that I need all three. Uh, oh, just, I certainly do. You know, I mean, for me personally, he and, and I both and, eat a lot of. And any diet, in my opinion, that eliminates one of those three, in my opinion, is not going to be the best what long is it? term sustainable. Correct. It's yeah. not, I mean, eventually you're going to go back to it. So yeah. Now, to be clear, counting macronutrients, and that's what those three things are called, by the way, uh, is what. It's probably the gold standard for what most bodybuilders do. Mm -hmm. And bodybuilders, by the way, are the leanest of people on the planet. Now, bodybuilders also, bodybuilding in general is a very unhealthy sport. Like, just so you know, like, it's not, uh, I think it's probably the most unhealthy sport there is. Yeah, they're just, they're Um, they're preparing for, I mean, their sport is bodybuilding. And so they're going to be, just like football, I mean, those guys are putting themselves through brutal beatings Most, because it's yeah. their sport and they want to be the best in the world and and so it's like crossfit games they're taking that sport to a whole nother level are there going to be long-term side effects from some of the stuff they're doing Probably. yes bodybuilding is most the same of thing. them have injuries that's and, their that's their goal they want to be the best mm-hmm. at their sport anytime you want to do that sometimes it can be unhealthy but the one thing about bodybuilding that's a little bit different from all three all three is like those other sports that's usually only found on the elite level of performance mm. but bodybuilding is actually it can be found in the recreational level and actually is pretty commonly okay and, mm-hmm. and what and it's gonna sound like I'm giving the sport of bodybuilding a bad name like just understand that I'm not trying to downplay that as much as I am the techniques that people use to try and get these results because it's a ve- it's a very slippery slope it's a very unregulated sport like steroids are rampant and actually there's <laughs> there's classes of bodybuilding where yeah. you can either be Drug-free or not drug-free. And by not drug-free, they mean steroids. Yeah. So, like, you legally can compete using steroids in bodybuilding. And so, it's, like, yeah. it's like at a recreational level. Yeah. So, that's why I say it's, like, not the healthiest of sports. But the counting macronutrients is not necessarily that unhealthy part. It is very difficult, though. This is just basically the best way to know exactly how much you're taking in and how much your body needs it to me it is the 2.0 version of food journaling exactly so like you know food journaling which is just recording what you're eating is entry-level food journaling to me calculating your macronutrients and actually trying to hit a specific number is a advanced form of food journaling and so it's like calculus one calculus two yep you're you're just now going to be Challenged a lot more uh, than just a simple act. So like but earlier when we talked about food journaling, we're not expecting, like when you do that 30 days, we're not expecting you to actually end up at any specific place. It's just 
data collection. It's yep. just gathering your 30 days of habits. This would be actually the next step, which would say, okay, now we have that data. Why don't we try to aim for this number of carbs per day? Why don't we try to hit this number of fat per day? Why don't we try to hit this number of protein per day? And in my experience, since 2003, helping people nutritionally, in my experience, this is where you find the most success, but it is the the narrow path, it's ladies and gentlemen. It is, it is very few people that will walk on that narrow path and it's walking on the tightrope yep. and it's how six-week challengers end up losing only fat and no muscle. Sometimes gaining muscle. And what I've learned too, it's how we present it as coaches that makes all the difference as to whether or not you do it the, yes. the proper way, which is why the six-week challenge, I believe, has been phenomenal as Gus has found a great way to task people in this without the kind of like, hey, here's your breakdown. Because yeah. you know, that just here's your breakdown sometimes doesn't work for people. But the way the six-week challenge is set up is people actually end up kind of walking that narrow path, but it's not they don't feel like yeah. it's so narrow. So. I think that's a great place to kind of wrap up. And actually, even I think I'm going to make an offer on that. So here's the thing. The six-week challenge, for those of you who don't know what it is, is by far our most successful program we have ever done. Hands down. Hands down. Like it's, I even calculated the success rate. It's over 80%. And that's people who sign up and get phenomenal results. Yeah. yeah. Everybody gets – I've had one person out of the – it's probably bordering on like 100 now. At least. Yeah. That I've – Taking people through on this, one person did not get results, and that's because they quit after the first week. Like, of course, it's not going to work. Which, so rarely, one person that rarely happens. Yeah. So, just letting you know, like, it is the most, and it is based on a variation, an easier variation of macro counting. Okay, and I personally have coached people through it. And exciting news, we're actually turning this into an online training program, an online course. Which means you can take advantage of that. Which means it is going to be at a better cost for you. Now, that's not coming super soon. I mean, it's coming soon. but It's in the works. It's in the works, okay? So right now, the the only other variation you have is to work with me personally, which is not a bad deal, guys. So if it's a great deal, (laughs) especially for the results that you get. So, um... If you are interested in that, you need to reach out to me. You can go to like, go to my Instagram handle and shoot me a message if you want, or you can email me Gus at BloomFitBCS.com, or you can drop by and say hi. Any of those are fine, but if you're interested, let me know. Yeah. But on that note, I think that concludes this episode. All right, guys, tune back in next week. Later. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for tuning in today. Don't forget to subscribe to the Building Better People podcast where you will hear more stories of individuals being positively impacted by living a healthy lifestyle.